at the beginning of your relationship, you know, it's almost like there's nobody else in the world besides this person that you have an interest in. And then you make a commitment and that's very nice. And then what happens for most couples is that we start to take the relationship for granted. We just don't pay the kind of attention that we should be to our mate. We let life get in the way. A new British study explains why couples are unhappy in their marriage. Dr. Karen Sherman offers advice. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner touring and tasting is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitch Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple and marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchedmag.com. I am once again joined by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, She is the author of several books, including Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Uh, She has a program out for couples called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get that at fromfighttoforeplay.com, all spelled out. Uh, And today we are going to talk – so a new British study came out that uh, surveyed 2,000 couples, um, and and what they found was 23% of British couples say that they are unhappy in their relationship due to many things. Um, the top three were lack of sex, they were stuck in a rut, um, or that they found themselves to be more friends than lovers. Uh, and so this kind of got me thinking about what the expectations of a marriage are and how couples can combat these things because uh, we all have our ideas of what we think our marriage will be or turn out to be or what it should be, um, but sometimes reality has other plans. So I'm going to toss out a few of the statistics from this study, Karen, and I would like you to offer some advice on how couples can avoid becoming a part of some of these statistics. Uh, so... Actually, before I do that, I'm actually going to go through the top 10 reasons that uh, that people found in this study were the reasons that couples were unhappy in their marriage. Okay. Okay. So the first was a lack of sex. Mm -hmm. Number two, stuck in a rut. Number Mm -hmm. three, more friends than lovers. So I I mentioned those at the top. Number four was we don't share the same interests anymore. Mm -hmm. Number five was we argue all the time. Mm-hmm. Number six, my partner and I no longer get on. Uh, a little bit of a 
British British verbiage there. Uh, uh-huh. Number seven, uh, number seven, we don't really spend any time together. Number eight, we don't have any money. Number nine, we're just too comfortable with each other to make the effort. And number ten, we don't really love each other anymore. That last one seems pretty harsh, um, but that's the reality. So let's let's go with some of the actual statistics that I I read through this study, and let's see how we can help these couples. So the first one that I have for you, Karen, is seventy three percent of couples say that they know that. I'm sorry, seventy three percent of the couples say the they go to an average of three nights a week where they barely speak to each other because of other distractions. Well, that's the biggest problem that there are other distractions. Um, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to talk about England because I don't live there. However, um, I can certainly speak about the United States and I would assume England is probably very similar. We have so much going on. Um, you know, not the least of which is the internet. Um, we have lots of information coming into us, um, with technology, we have not only the internet on our computers, we have it on our iPhones and our iPads and, you know, everything else so that we are constantly distracted. Um, and that's what, um, ends up taking our attention aside from our jobs. And most of us now are dual career couples, our children, there's just too much going on. And so, um, I'm not surprised that we end up becoming distracted and not spending the time that we need with each other in order to pay attention to our relationship. And that, as we've said in so many other episodes, um, or, you know, podcasts uh-huh. is so key to making a relationship work is to, to give it the attention that, that you need. So what, so do you have like a, a something simple that they, like, if you know this to be like, if 73% of couples are saying this, like they can recognize it, right? So mm-hmm. what can or should they be doing to rectify the situation? Okay, here's a very simple one. Have dinner together all the time, and during that dinner time, don't allow any other distractions. Um, as you know, you know, I have my practice. My husband has a tutoring business. We decided that from 7 to 7.30, we eat dinner together. So my clients end at 7, and then I pick them back up again at 7.30. He makes sure that his, the kids that he tutors also works around that schedule. And from 7 to 7.30 is dinner time. Um, the only calls we take, which we can rec- uh, recognize by caller ID, is our children. Other than that, we take no calls during that time. So that's our time where we discuss our days, where we discuss any issues, whatever. We're not ignoring each other during that time. Um, you know, some people who are listening might say, well, you know, our schedules don't match. My husband or my wife comes home really late. You know, we, we don't get a chance to eat dinner with each other. It doesn't really matter. The point is to make the time to spend with each other. It can be 15 minutes but where you're not allowing for anything else to distract you during that 15 minutes. Mm. I, you know, it's, I love that you brought up the family dinner thing. Um, there are lots of books out there. There are studies out there that all talk about family dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a website out there called the family dinner org mm. that specifically addresses this and how the, the importance of that, because we think about, 
there there are a lot of reasons for it. I mean, there's actually nutritional benefits to it because they find that when you cook your own meals and all that, blah, blah, blah. But there is that family component of it where if you sit down every night, you don't you don't fall into this 73% of couples who right. don't speak to each other for three nights a week. Exactly. Uh, so that, I, I'm really glad you brought that one up because it's so simple too. And it's a, and it's not this fad thing that you do. It's a lifestyle change that we try to sit down and have a conversation. And I think importantly to that, and you brought up the technology thing, um, not doing it in front of the TV where you plop down in front of the TV exactly. and then don't talk to each other there as well. That's um, right. And I will admit, not that uh, I don't love sitting in front of the TV. My wife and I sit in front of the TV and eat dinner all the time. But we also have hours-long conversations throughout the week. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, But I, I think that's important to, to know what those boundaries are that work for you because everybody's going to be different. Right. Um, speaking of technology, for no, the number two question I have for you is 42% of couples say that modern technology is getting in the way of their marriage. Yeah. So, and you already, you saw that one coming from a mile away. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not going to get rid of technology. No. I, so, so what can we do to find a, an appropriate balance? Well, you, you know, you have to put boundaries on it. Um, so not only is there an overload of information and a feeling of, you know, that you must answer an email or, you know, you must answer a text or whatever. You can put boundaries on it. Um, But the other thing is then, of course, we add to it that we know for a fact, and, and I don't mean to be mean to anybody, but we know for a fact, there's research on this, that Facebook has been responsible for a lot of divorces. That, 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 I am going to jump in on that one. Okay, go ahead. The study that came out about the Facebook and divorce thing. Yeah. The study explicitly said that Facebook has been mentioned as a uh, – it's been mentioned in X number of divorces. There's a difference between people talking about Facebook and yeah. being a causing factor. Well, yes, yes. And, I mean, and, and, talking- the, and the thing that I just wanted to point out is people have taken that study and manipulated it and twisted it into something that it's not saying that Facebook has caused X number of divorces when in fact it's X number of divorces. So basically the divorce filings that have taken place have mentioned Facebook, which is completely different. Like I found out my spouse was cheating on me through the messages he was sending on Facebook. As So the cause of divorce was the fact that he was cheating, not Facebook. Yes, you are correct. And and I didn't mean I'm so ooh, you got on me there. Fast, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that Facebook is the cause, but yes. it's a contributing factor because it makes it so much easier to number one, connect with people that you haven't uh seen yeah. for a long time. And um when there is boredom in your relationship. Uh, it certainly creates some novelty or some, you know, sense of arousal because it's, you know, oh, look at this. Isn't this fun? Um, there's a safety um, factor because you're just sitting behind a computer. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's not only just Facebook. There's other other sure. means of social media as well. So what I meant when I said Internet, I was just going for Facebook first, but there's any means of social media where you can get together um, and it offers certain um, 
advantages that you don't get in your day-to-day humdrum marriage. I mean, we can go to porn sites. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go to a client of mine just told me about a site, an app where you can meet people. I, I don't want to call it out, but you can meet people and all you have to do is give a thumbs up, a thumbs down by looking at pictures and, you know, meet that way very quickly. So there's, again, so much technology or internet that makes it easy to get lured into spending hours on that as opposed to being with your mate. So really what you're doing, like we talk about social networking and Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're connecting with other people as opposed to your spouse. Yes. And I, and it's interesting too, because you talk about a lot of the dangers that can come along with uh, all this connectedness, uh, which I totally agree with. Uh, we we had uh, there was an article on our site a while back that uh, offered a piece of advice that I thought was really sound, which was don't post anything public or privately on the internet that you wouldn't be willing to say in front of your spouse. Yeah, well, that's the same thing about you know um, not saying anything to another person that you wouldn't feel comfortable saying in front of your spouse. So whether it's posting it on, you know, a social media site or saying it, you know, while you're at a cocktail party, it's basically setting up your um, boundaries that you are not disclosing anything uh, that you wouldn't find appropriate in front of your mate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so really when we talk about technology and how uh, couples can avoid being the 42% where technology gets in the way, it's just as simple as setting up those boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Um, This next one is, I think, pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not really sure what to make of it, to be honest. 44% of couples say that they don't kiss each other goodnight, and 39% say they don't kiss each other goodbye. Uh, Hmm. Is... Is this a problem? Is this an indicator of a lack of affection? If you feel like you're already getting enough affection, does it matter if you're giving kisses goodbye or goodnight? Um, you know, a lot of the uh, times I have suggested to couples that what they do is that they give each other four hugs a day. When you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you leave each other, when you come back to each other because that then serves as a way to connect. So um, this statistic that you're pointing out as far as kissing sort of is the same kind of thing. It's a way to connect. And I, my, you know, I don't really know what's behind that number, but here's my take on it, that people are just getting lazy, that they're taking each other for granted, that they're just sort of like, you know, day in, day out, and they just sort of let that slide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're dating somebody, you can be sure that when you said goodbye to them, you would kiss them. Or if you spent the night with them, you would, you know, kiss them goodnight and then kiss them in the morning. Um, I think it's just comes under the umbrella of we get lazy and we take each other for granted, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to making sure that you are doing the little things that make a big difference in your relationship. Yeah. And I, and I think it can come down to, uh, being in a hurry, trying to get out Mm -hmm. the door. Yeah. And, uh, I think part of it as well could be because it's more common now to have two working 
uh, people right. in the household that, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're even on the same schedule. So you might not be around when they walk out the door to kiss them goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're right. There could definitely be a lot of different factors. Yeah. But you see, here's a way you could use technology. So let's say the scenario you just posed about, you know, you're not awake um, when your spouse leaves. So now why don't you text them a kiss in the morning? Mm. Because you know? really it's all it's all about that those little subtle instances of connecting with them. Absolutely. Demonstrating small little pieces yes. of appreciation and affection. Yes. Okay. Okay. That I mean that seems that one seems easy enough. Yeah. Uh, number 4 here. 39% say that their uh, spouse doesn't show them enough attention. Uh, but 44% admit that they don't offer enough attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was good that they were honest about the fact that they're not showing it either. And again, Steve, that goes back to what I said a moment ago, which is that at the beginning of your relationship, you know, it's almost like there's nobody else in the world besides this person that you have an interest in. And then you make a commitment and that's very nice. And then what happens for most couples is that we start to take the relationship for granted. We just don't pay the kind of attention that we should be to our mate. We let life get in the way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we forget all those little niceties and they're little things, but those little things really, really do make a whole bunch of difference. I, so for, if you, I mean, again, th- these are very self-aware people understanding that Forty-four percent of them saying that they don't offer enough attention. Mm-hmm. How how can they build that? Okay, so I want to step back really quick. So you brought up the fact that when you're first dating or whatnot, the whole like nothing else in the world kind of matters to you. You're right. all about that, but that's not that's the outlying portion of your relationship because you know we hear it all the time. So and so started dating somebody, and we never see them anymore. Right, and I don't think you want to go through the rest of your life never seeing your friends and family right. anymore. Like right. that's not a good, healthy thing either. So, I think there obviously is room for somewhere in between that balance. Right. So how can couples build in? If you know you're one of these forty-four percent who isn't offering enough attention, how can you build it into your regular schedule that you are giving them? some sort of attention, but you're not exhausted by the effort and you're not shutting out the rest of your world because that's not healthy either. Well, we're not talking about moving mountains here. Yeah. So we're talking about that hug. Uh We're talking about asking how was your day and actually listening to the answer. We're talking about thank you for cooking dinner. I really appreciate, and you know, I really appreciated that you did that. And if it was good, you know, it was really it was really delicious. I loved it. You know, which that's all. That's not a huge amount of effort. It's more about being mindful mm-hmm. of doing those things. Um, and the way th- that, you know, you can't expect somebody else to change. You can only change yourself. Yeah. So just start doing it. But here's the nice thing. As you start doing it, it's likely, according to my action-reaction uh, concept, mm-hmm. that they're going to start doing it back. So how much, you know, I just, I just spewed off three things and how much effort will that take, um, even in your busy day to do that. And if you need to get back into the habit, 
again, let's use our technology and, you know, send a little beep to yourself about, oh, yes, you know, remember to compliment or remember to give a hug or something. Use the technology to start to get you back into the habit. And then once you do, then it becomes um, an easy enough habit. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to do a shameless plug here at my site. I have a 21-day program to get your relationship back on track. It's a free program. And basically, you're getting a reminder every day about doing these little things. They build. They build on each other. But that's all it is. It's building on doing these little things to get your relationship back to where it used to be. Uh, What's the name of the program and what's the website? It's Dr. Karen Sherman. That's, it's my website, D-R-K-A-R-E-N-S-H-E-R-M-A-N. And at the home page, it says sign up for my free 21-day program to get your relationship back on track. I don't remember exactly what it is. But every day after you sign up, the next day you start getting a reminder every day about do this, do that, whatever. And I've gotten wonderful compliments on, yeah, this really worked. I got my relationship back on track. But the secret to it really is, is that every day you do something that is similar to what you would have done in the beginning of your relationship. Mm. So, you know, the program is free, but there it is. <laughs> and I think and I think the probably the thing that's most helpful is that they get these regular reminders yes, because – That's correct. It, I, I think this is the – People don't want their marriage to fail. People don't want to ignore their spouse. It's just that other things take our attention away from right. it. Right. Exactly. And you know, people are loving people. They are attentive people. Uh, but sometimes we've talked about this ad nauseum about how because we know our spouse loves us and we love them that they are the first and easiest people to take advantage of. Correct. uh, And take for granted Mm -hmm. uh, because we know they'll be there tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. But we have to understand that over 20 years, that might wear down a little bit. You might wear out that welcome. Oh, first of all, it's going to happen before 20 years (laughs) and it's going to wear down a lot. Yeah. And and then and 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 when you do that, it's like a dull blade, right? Like it's going to be really difficult to get it sharp again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to keep it sharp all the time, otherwise you're going to have to grind that thing down to the nub yeah. to get yeah. it to where it needs to be, and that's going to take a lot of work. Well, um, it's like you know, do you have to lose five pounds or do you have to lose a hundred pounds? It, the quicker yeah. you work on it, the less work you have to do. Yeah, and when you do work on it just a little bit, it's maintenance. It's not. Right. It's not even work. It's just, you know, I mean, when you talk about like runners and stuff, they do it like after a while, they do it because they need to because of that runner's high, mm-hmm. not because they feel like, oh my God, I have to run today to to lose weight because it's bikini season, right? Like right. it's something that's just part of them at that point. Right. And I think the same thing with marriage a little bit, like when you start doing this thing and we've talked about a lot, like what you focus on grows and stuff like that. When you demonstrate these things of affection as a regular ongoing habit, when you don't do it, you almost feel like, God, we need to go do something this weekend. Not, I can't believe it's been six months. It's, it's been two weeks and we need to get out of the house and do something. Yes. And the other part of it is that when you're doing these nice things and then your partner reciprocates you, it feels good for you also. You're getting some benefit, you know, on the other end of it. It's not just because it's become a habit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, okay, so the final little uh, stat I have for you here, and this one, so easy to fix. <laughs> 69% of couples think that their relationship needs more excitement. Well, you're right. It is easy to fix because the truth is we do know that boredom kills a relationship Yes, and that you should add novelty. Um, and so just do something different. Um, you know, one of the things that you were talking about in the beginning was that um, we don't have the same interests anymore. Well, um, Gottman, Dr. Gottman did research that says that compatibility is not necessary for happily married couples. So that's really like, that doesn't matter that you've lost the same interest, but do something different, do something different with each other. Um, you know, let's say you're not the adventuresome type of people and all you really like to do is go to dinner and a movie. Okay. Go to a different restaurant, try a different kind of ethnic food, Mm -hmm. just mix it up a little bit. Um, because that is going to help stimulate the relationship. And even, Uh, and even the movie itself, like if you go to the same theater all the time, mm -hmm. try one of those fancy theaters that delivers like the cocktails and stuff. Just like that is almost like, Whoa, we got real fancy tonight. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so that you're right, that's an easy fix. But again, it means that you have to take a little bit of time and a little bit of thought about how can we pay attention to us? We deserve to have that attention. And, you know, what are we going to do to make things a little bit, you know, better for us? Uh, and, okay, so people, 69% think their relationship needs more excitement. What is the frequency of that kind of excitement? Because I think some people might think like, well, we do go on vacation in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So like what – how often should couples inject excitement or is it really whatever you feel you need or at least your, your partner needs? I I think it's going to be a a personal thing because different people have different arousal levels, you know, different needs for arousal. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just really going to be a matter of what works for them. Uh, so I don't want to put a number on it. Um, and I think probably the best thing to do, which would then give them, um, the antidote also for feeling that they're distracted from each other is to actually have a conversation and talk about, you know, so how are things going? You know, what do we need? What, what can we inject here a little bit? So that would be killing two birds with one stone. And that goes back to number one about people not talking three nights a week. Uh, You know, one of the, one of the things that I love to do uh, is I love to put down regular things on, my schedule. So uh-huh. like, for example, we have dinner with some friends once a month mm-hmm. uh, and it goes on the schedule. Um, and the thing about it is we don't always hit it on the same day, you know, like it's every month, but sometimes we go five weeks without doing dinner, or six uh-huh. weeks without doing dinner, but it is part of, it is part of the plan. It's part of the schedule. So that is the norm. Missing mm-hmm. dinner would be an abnormal thing. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about couples uh, and finding excitement, I think, again, having that conversation, what do we need? Like how often, like how far do we go where it becomes a problem? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, let's make sure that we schedule things before it gets to that point. Exactly. And let's make that the normal thing. And if we are busy, okay, we can fudge the schedule a little bit or whatever, but at least it's part of our schedule now. We've carved out that time. Um, and I've talked about this with finances in the past. 
about how my wife and I, we actually carve out part of our budget for date nights. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you don't carve, if you don't carve out the time, you don't carve out the finances, you don't carve this stuff out, you will, it'll be very easy to find excuses as to why or how you didn't do it. Uh, but if you make this part of the game plan from the very get go, it's part of the business plan, uh, of, for your marriage, then it's something that's really easy to achieve. It is, but now I'm going to jump on you. Yes. You don't have to carve out finances. You can be attending to each other. You can create novelty. You don't have to go out. You don't have to spend money or at least big bucks. You can be doing all of this in the comfort of your home. It just requires a little bit more imagination. Oh, so absolutely. You know, yeah. We we actually ran a Valentine's Day story this year that was like eight or nine things you can do for Valentine's Day for free Yeah, that don't yeah. cost a penny. Right. And this is a giant holiday to dedicated to love and romance. So, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting also to me, Steve, that when you were naming like the top 10, so many of them really could be resolved by one or two solutions that they really were all sort of emanating from the same problem. Yeah. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but they were not really different problems or problems that needed different solutions is the better way to say that. Um, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of why I picked out the things that I picked out because you're right. Like one of them was uh, we don't spend any time together. Mm -hmm. um, we don't share the same interests anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we we're just too comfortable and don't make the effort. Exactly. Exactly. And so and all those, these, yeah, they're all yeah. the same thing. Right. Right. So, so and and you know the heart like I, I I mentioned at the the number ten was we don't love each other anymore. Uh, yeah, you know when couples it. come in and tell me that, um, I don't get upset by that at all. I think a lot of couples sort of jump ship too quickly when they say, "Oh well, I love my mate and my mate's a great mother or father, but I'm not in love anymore." Yeah, and a lot of that sense of disconnection is really because other things have gotten in the way. And with a little bit of work, um, they can get those feelings back again. So I don't get upset when somebody says that. That's not really like, you know, the, the mothership has pulled away. Yeah. Um, it's there. The feelings are there. But as I said, it, just a lot of other things have gotten in the way. And you just sort of have to help them to, um, number one, deal with the feelings that have gotten in the way and do some other things that can help them. Uh, reignite those feelings again, which can be done. Absolutely yeah. can be done. Uh, yes. I, and, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because we've actually, I, th I believe we actually have a podcast on, uh, I love my spouse, but I'm just not in love with them. So, mm -hmm. so go on to the, go into the archives, uh, and look that up. And by the way, we have, tons of podcasts uh we are well over 300 podcasts uh so uh we we've likely touched at least in some capacity on whatever issue it, it may be that you are dealing with at the moment so and and by the way if if we have not let us know uh we have a, an email button on our podcast page on the website hitchmag.com uh, where you can ask a very specific question or give us a scenario and we can see if we can help you out. Um, 
If you have listened to a bunch of podcasts and you have an opinion on it at this point, we would love to hear what you think of it. So you can leave us a message there or you can let us know what you think on uh, the social platforms because we are on all the big ones, as you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, etc. Um and if you also want to leave a comment on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, where you can subscribe to the podcast for free, uh, let us know what you think, because we are always trying to improve what we do to better serve your needs. Um, and, you know, that is that is our goal, doing this preventive maintenance stuff so that you don't come into Karen's office and say, you just <laughs> don't love your spouse anymore. We want to avoid that, uh, you know, so uh, not that we want to put you out of business, Karen, but we want to, we want to be able to help these couples. So you help them deal with small things, not big things. Truth of the matter is I'd love to be put out of business because that would mean that there's a lot more happy couples. Yeah. And you know what? Like, uh, it's, I I think of like, again, marriage is like the personal trainers of relationship, like therapists and stuff. We don't have to have things broken to need coaching. Right. Like you can just improve like you can be a professional athlete and need improvement Mm -hmm. in your Mm -hmm. sport, even though you're the greatest on the planet. It doesn't mean you don't need coaching. So let's let's focus on getting to that point rather than fixing broken things. I would love that. That would be good. Yes, I'd love that. Um, So but it so if you do need some help. You can go to Karen's website, drkarensherman.com, and as I mentioned at the top, she is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, She is an author. She has written Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She has also uh, been the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, She has a program out from Fight to Foreplay, and you can get information on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. She is the host of her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network. The the show is Your Empowered Relationship. And as she plugged in the middle of the episode, uh, if you need to re-spark some excitement in your relationship, uh, go to her website, drkarensherman.com, and check out her 21-day challenge. Uh, and let get let her know how it worked for you. We feed off of your feedback. Uh, we gobble it up. It, it energizes us. So let 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 her know. Let us know. Um, and of course, you can find all this information at our website hitchmag.com. You can find information about Karen and as well as other experts. You can find all the past archives of the podcasts. You can link directly to iTunes or Stitcher where you can subscribe to the podcast so it automatically downloads every. Wednesday when the episode comes out, Wednesday night technically, when the episodes come out, so you don't have to constantly refresh, it'll just go to you, which we love, Um, and uh, again, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, let us know, we love hearing from you. Uh, So that is going to do it for us this week, so one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody.